0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Crazy love. Isn't that story just remarkable of Hosea? may I tell you what, if you don't know the story, we're finishing it today. We've been talking about crazy love these last eight weeks, and the story is so powerful. We see a story of a gentleman who is called by God, the prophet, to go and marry the prostitute. And he goes and he does this. And after he marries her, she falls away. She sins. She messes up. In fact, she continues to even do it. And even so, Hosea still loves his wife, Gomer. Still goes after her. She goes through all of this. She tries it on her own way. Tries to do her own things. And then we see right here at the end, they get reunited together. They get married together. and just an incredible passionate display of a God who loves you and so today I want to just ask you to do this I want to just ask you to open your heart to receive whatever it is that God wants to speak to you this morning because it's hard for us to realize that God's love for us is so deep so vast so wide that we can't even really comprehend exactly what it means and so I just want you to to allow God to speak to you this morning um Before we jump in, I want to say just a couple things. Um, You know, kudos, I agree, kudos to Derek. And, uh, you know, he is our associate pastor here. And I know he's back in the K-5, so he can't even hear us right now. But um, I just want to say this, him and his wife, Meg, what an incredible asset, what an incredible group of people in this church You know, the millennium generation gets made fun of a lot. You know it if you're a millennial. And uh, I believe that they are a display of racing that bar high. And we have seen that within our, our youth ministry. we see that within our kids' ministry. And, uh, you know, just him and I just learning as we go. And it's just cool to see the younger generation, um, especially last week, and to see Derek come back, man. He was, he was just pumped. He was, he was ecstatic. So that was awesome. A couple other things um, that I want to say and, and just ask you to focus in with me here. Um, has to do with you, and uh, have you ever had to eat humble pie? Does it taste good? I don't like the taste of humble pie, but I've, I've had it quite a few times, and a few weeks ago, um, I, I shared with you on a Sunday morning, and, and I shared with you that the city had allowed us with the parking lot here to do one lift outside. If you don't know, we have to do this parking lot by August 22nd, and I had shared with you... That we get to do one lift. Well, it was my naivety that I said that, and here's what happened. Um, we had said that we're gonna be able to do three inches, and then the city said, well, you have to do three and a half. And so we, I said, all right, well, it's the same price, just thicker, be a couple thousand more, but not much. Had that the numbers reflected that I'd given you. After a fact, talked to our contractor, and our contractor said, no, Chris, you missed it. We actually have to do two lifts, and it's gonna cost eleven thousand five hundred more. And I have been super scared, super nervous, filled with anxiety, not sleeping at night, because I knew I had to come back and eat humble pie in front of all of you and share that, which is like the most discouraging thing you could possibly share. So I've been praying all week, and I was like, you know, this week, God, we're going to be faithful no matter what. People have, you know, given above and beyond. And I called, I just by chance, not by chance, by God's design, I called uh, the city engineer and I said, By any chance, is there a way that we can do this parking lot for three inches still and still do what we were going to do? And he said, sure. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And so I talked to our designer, and our designer was going to charge quite a bit to redo the plans to a three-inch plan rather than a -a three-and-a-half-inch plan. But all my worrying was for nothing. It was for nothing. And it's just so awesome that God stepped in. We get to do one lift. We get to do it for three inches. The numbers I gave you were the right numbers. And so I praise God that I don't have to totally eat humble pie, but I wanted to bring you along on my experience. So can we give God some praise? Come on, man. Can we turn this up just a hair dick? That'd be great, man. Um, the, the other thing I want to say is this. God is so in control. And, and I might not get to all my message, and if I don't, you have notes. You can get the rest of it. The end of it's not that good as the beginning anyway. Um, the, the, uh, the thing I want to say is this, um, last week we had our baptism, and beforehand we had one person that signed up to be baptized, and one person matters, it's not about the 720, it's about the one, come on, right, and so we show up, and I'm excited, and I even told that person, I said, God must have destined this day for you, and so we went down to the lake, some of you were there with us, and we get down to the lake, and, and all of a sudden I say, if there's anyone else that wants to be baptized, come on down, and I was, you know. I don't know in the eight years of our history of church that anyone, maybe one, has come down. Five people walk down and say, "Well, I want to get baptized, too." So here's, here's what Chris is learning, and you can enjoy this if you want. Control is an illusion. Surrender is the solution. Control is an illusion. Surrender is the solution live a surrendered life and allow him to do the impossible because you can't all right i told somebody this morning we're going to start a new series here in august and it's called what if and you can fill in the blank but one of the first things i want to talk about is i want to talk about your dream now if you say well i don't really have any dreams that sucks um but if if you and we're going to talk about that because you need to deal with that crap okay and we're going to go punchy because you have a dream, you have a purpose, you have value, and you need to walk confidently and boldly in that. And anything less is less than God's intent for your life. Can I hear somebody this morning? Come on. So I just want you to know that God is stirring, God is moving, God is preparing, and he's speaking to some of you in your hearts right now. We have as a church, we have close to $30,000 Sitting in an account right now, collecting dust in like .00000000001% interest. Why? Because we have the money, our church in the cornfield with the bison in back. That's right. Okay? That's what God has done in and through us. Ready to plant the church. You know what we don't have? And you know what the Bible says? The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. If God is speaking to you about that, you need to talk to me. If you know someone that's like, man, we can get behind this church plant not doing us any good. We want to give that money away and see God's kingdom advance. These are good problems to have. These are great problems, so be praying with me on that. All right, so I want to ask you this morning this question. Um, this is the end of Hosea, and I don't know if you caught it in this video, but it had a good ending, didn't it? They're up at the altar. It's just, it's just this peaceful moment. She's, she's here, and he's here, and ah. ah and they're, just, they're married, they're happy, and they're having a baby. It's not his. I don't know if you noticed that. But what did he do still? Was he a coward or did he man up? He manned up. said, I'm going to take you as my wife. You're going to be my bride. He still went through with it, still loved her, no matter the fact not only did she make a choice that she shouldn't have made, but she got something. You know, something happens when you have sex, potentially, all right? And because of that, he still chose to love her, even though she was pregnant with a child not her own. So it looks like it's got this happy ending. Stay focused with me. Don't let anything distract you this morning. Stay focused with me. Here's what I want to say. How many of you love movies? Where's my movie fans at? September, you'll love this series at the movies. Okay. Okay. My favorite movies are Christopher Nolan movies. You know who Christopher Nolan is? Anybody like him? Producer, writer. He writes crazy books, crazy, crazy ideas, and all of his ideas, you think it's gonna have like this happy ending, and then he like ends it before there's any closure. My wife hates it. Hates it. And I'm like, oh, that was awesome. That was like the greatest movie. Inception? Come on, who remembers the movie Inception? It's, I know it's a little older, it's like 10 years old. At the end of this movie, Inception... Do we have a picture of that? I don't know if we, if we have that this morning or not. Of the top? do we get that? Yes? No? no? Okay. So there's a picture of the top, and at the end, he is either... If you don't know anything about the movie, Inception, here's the deal. At the end of it, I'm going to give the ending away, so plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. But at the ending, they have this spinning top, and if it spins without stopping, he's obviously in the dream world. If the top falls and sputters, he's obviously in reality, and, and some cool things happen in his life. And so... Christopher Nolan and great cinematography effects, he cues right in on it. He zooms in on it, and you're just watching the top just spin. And you're like, what's going to happen? Boom, credits roll. And I was like, yeah. My wife's like, I'm going to break the flipping TV. I mean, just like never seen her so violent in my life. I was like, man, it's just that's why she doesn't watch Law and Order. It's the same kind of thing. So it's left wide open. And so you have this choice, okay? You have this choice. You and I are Gomer. Remember, Gomer's the wife. Don't name your kids that. We've been over that. Okay? Hosea represents God within this marriage in this video. We have a choice to accept his crazy love or not to accept his crazy love. At the end of the book, all of a sudden it looks like everything's perfect. The one thing the movie misses, this little clip, is just one verse out of the entire book of Hosea that will just wreck you. Because all of a sudden you go, wait, I thought it was a happy ending. You get to decide, okay? You get to decide. Remember those books at the library you could use to, you know, pick your journey? What were those called? You remember those where you could go to the next chapter, choose your own journey? Yeah, there you go. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Open up with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 11 through 12. All right, I've got 10 minutes left, and I'm still in my introduction. So, uh, yeah, we're not even going to get through most of this. So I'll give it all to you. You have it in front of you. Um, this is what it says. It says, God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but rather for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. Here's Solomon, he's David's son. He's built some of the most extravagant temples. Queen Nesheba brings him gifts, all all these different things. He's he's like one of the wealthiest men in the world. And and before he got there, God said, whatever you want, I'll give you. Do you know there's a promise for you and I in the Bible that says if we delight in him, he actually gives us the desires of our hearts? What if King Solomon's desires was something other than wisdom? But it was wisdom. And so King Solomon asks, he says, I want wisdom. And that's kind of like the old adage. Do you remember the fish adage? You know, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You say the rest of it, if you know it. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. It's the same thing. Solomon could have said, I just want riches. I want glory. I, you know, I want to be the best king in the world. I want to have the longest life. But rather, what did he say? He said, I just want wisdom. Wisdom would help him with all of those things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here we go. We're going to read the first eight verses here in Hosea chapter 14. We're going to leave the last one here for just a moment. So read with me. Here we go. Return, Israel, to the Lord your God. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. They're finally starting to come around. Assyria cannot save us. We will not mount war horses. Pause for one second. It's just a little scripture here. Assyria, they continued to mix their gods with theirs. They weren't just following Yahweh, the Hebrew name for God. They were following all these other Babylonian and Assyrian gods, lowercase gods, that were getting them in trouble. When it says they mounted on war horses, you might say, what does that mean? Well, it's hard for us to understand that, but all that means is it's saying they would continue to go to Egypt and look to the Egypt, the world power in the day, for their sustenance and for what they needed. And so they're saying, we're no longer going to do that, God. We're going to go to you. We're, we're done. We're, we're having a baby with these other countries, but we're asking you to forgive us, and you can love us right where we're at, even though we're pregnant with stuff that we shouldn't be pregnant with. That's what's happening here. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made, for in you the fatherless find compassion. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily, like a cedar of Lebanon. He will send down his roots. His young shoots will grow. His splendor will be like that of an olive tree. We've got all this like, foliage stuff going on. We'll explain what, what all this is about. His fragrance like a cedar of Lebanon. People will dwell again in his shade. They will flourish like the grain. They will blossom like the vine. Israel's fame will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? I will answer him and care for him. I am like a flourish, flourishing juniper. Your fruitfulness comes from where? comes from me, says God. It comes from me. Okay, so what's going on here? You know, if you've read along Hosea as we've gone through this, some of it's like, huh, right? If you've ever read any of the prophetic books in the Bible, hope, you're, you're probably going, what in the world did I just read? Here's what's taking place right here. Let's just unpack it a little bit. So he describes three different foliage or three different plants or trees, if you will. The first is the lily, okay? Lily depicts lovely growth. There's one other thing within Scripture that the lily depicts. Do you know what it is? Jesus. Lily of the field. Okay, lily of the valley. It depicts Christ. And so the reason it depicts this is because it was this beautiful growth, but it wasn't enough. And so Hosea, the author, he describes... This one more thing, he says, um, not only does the lily have growth, but it also, we want you, Israel, or us, to have a firm foundation that never ends, a duration, a firmness. And so the cedars of Lebanon, here's the catch, these were the best cedars that you could possibly have. In fact, King Solomon's temple was actually built by these cedars. It was the greatest, like, rooted tree they had. It was just an incredible, they were beautiful, they were great for lumber. And so he says, these have duration and they're, they're stand tall. They won't give up. But they're fruitless. So then he not only adds the beauty of growth, the firmness, but then the fruitfulness. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? The peace-bearing fragrance of an olive tree. And so he brings all three of these together. And it's just this beautiful, poetic, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, just prophetic word For Israel and for you and I saying, this is what our walk with God is supposed to be like. This is it. Here's what I love. This this is my favorite part of the message. All of these plants don't grow on their own. They require sun. They require water. They require the roots to grow deep. So the only way that this can flourish is through God depicted by Hosea. If you're with me and you're, you're following me, say, oh, yeah. All right. Then he says, you're also like the wine of Lebanon. So we go from plants to booze. Why? Okay, what's going on here? The wine of Lebanon in this time was celebrated. It was an incredible flavor, an incredible aroma, and then it was also used for medicinal properties in that day. And so he's saying, man, you're going to be like that. You're going to be a healing in this land. You're going to be healed, and you're also going to heal. You See, healed people help heal people. Hurt people hurt people. And he's saying, we want Israel to be whole as God wants us to be whole. Now, it seems poetic. It seems like this beautiful ending. Let's just end it here. This is it. And then we turn it into a Christopher Nolan kind of movie where it ends right here. And, uh, you know, it's almost like that's the end. Any of you Marvel fans? How, how many, you like, like, the Marvel movies? Okay. How many have come to, like, you just, you just hate the way they end lately? You know? Anybody? You know, we saw Ant-Man and Wasp this week and Infinity Wars. And I was like, what are you doing? They're just making money. That's what they're doing. And if you know Marvel, anything about Marvel, what's the one thing that they do that no other movie does? They do it at every one of their movies. At the end, when it ends, is that the end? No. What happens? If you don't know this, after the credits, there's either one or two more scenes. So you've got to sit there and roll through, you know, three million names. By the way, if you're having a baby, great thing to do because you get so many different ones right in front of you. We've got a lot of you having babies right now. So there you go. Go see a Marvel movie. You'll get an idea. And then they paint this other thing, and you're like, what just happened? And so here's the last verse of the entire book of Hosea. There's no way I'm going to get through all of this, all the notes you have with you. This is it, verse 9. It says here, Who is wise? If I were to ask who here is wise, who has the confidence to say, well, I am? Or are we too ashamed to say that because we're not rooted in the right thing? Are we wise? We're going, wait a second. Been talking about this love story. Now we're talking about wisdom. Where did this come from? How did this happen? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. Boom, the end curtain, close credits roll. Marvel credits roll twice. That's it. We're going, what? what? We're, we're left with this? I don't know about you, but that's not like, oh, I got closure. I'm good. (laughs) You know, my wife doesn't like this ending. I do because it's like, oh man, I get to choose to be wise or not to be wise. It's up to me what I want to do with my relationship with God. Here's what's interesting. The only place in the entire book of Hosea that the word righteous is used is right here. Why is that important? Anytime that you see within those scriptures, you see a word repeated over and over and over and over and over again, you got to pay attention because obviously the author's trying to get your attention. Right here in the entire book is the first and only time he uses the word righteous, okay? Not like Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure, you know, Totally Righteous, Excellent. How, how many here have seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Do you know the third one is coming out in a few months? No joke. You're, you're welcome, all right? Youth event, come on, Pastor Derrick, let's go, okay? Righteous, the only time in the whole book. Righteous is one of those crazy words. That it's not like Bill and Ted playing their guitar. All it means is you are in right standing with the one who created and loved you. So let me ask you a question. Gomer, the wife at the end of the clip, was she or was she not in right standing with God or with her husband at the end? She was. Did she make mistakes? Did she screw up? Did she pay for the mistakes that she did? But was the person in her womb a mistake in this movie the way it's depicted? No. No. No, it wasn't. God can redeem. Remember, he buys us back. We talked about what that looks like. Wisdom brings right standing. Wisdom brings right standing. See, a long time ago, when I was a youth pastor 80 years ago, one of the things that I asked my youth kids, and I got to see some of them today. Some of them are part of our church, and I love that. I absolutely love it. Other than the fact it makes me feel really old. They're all having, like, babies now. (laughs) I'm Grandpa Chris. And, uh, forgive me if i fall down and take a moment um i asked our youth group kids once and i said hey i said i just want to be real with you we need to be like solomon and ask god for wisdom no matter where we're at in life we have to seek that don't don't see, well god i want to i want to be prosperous i want to leave my kids an inheritance don't leave them a financial inheritance leave them a legacy of your faith journey well, I'm not perfect. I don't have it figured out. Tell them that. (laughs) They know already anyway. (laughs) Okay, Share that with them. Hey, I want to leave this for you eventually with my youth kids. And I asked them this question. And uh, I said, how many of you here want to serve God? And it was kind of the passive aggressive Minnesota thing like Derek was saying. We're all really good at and doesn't really say anything. And I said, let me paint it like this. I said, I want you to be such a Christ follower that you choose today. Because eternal life, when we know Christ, when we get to the end of our life, that's not when it starts. When does eternal life start? Right now. When we know him, it happens and starts right now. We just have to believe. And so I posed this thought with them. I guess it wasn't really a question. I just said, here's the deal. I said, if you believe in Jesus Christ with your whole heart, That's the beginning of wisdom is, you know, the fear of God and asking Jesus in. I said, then your life, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, you know, it's all relative to our own experiences. But no matter what, as a Christ follower, your life right now is the worst it'll ever get. This is the worst it gets if you're a Christ follower. So the best is yet to come. And then I said, here's the deal. If you don't want to be a Christ follower, this is the best it ever gets, so you might as well live it up. They couldn't believe I said it. And I watched some of them choose. I watched some of them choose wisely and some of them not so wisely. Now through time, some of them I've ran into, and I've seen that God has changed their heart, brought Him back to Him, asked them, and He's accepted them just like we saw. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for your neighbors you've asked a hundred times to come to church with you. You know, we're doing the block party in September. It's not too late. It's not too late to bring somebody with you. But ask God for wisdom. Seek his wisdom. Crazy love comes through a fear of God and a healthy fear of God, a reverence towards him. Now, I've got a bunch of notes you have. I didn't even get through like a third of my message here this morning. And what I want to ask you just you can look at them, you can ask me later. I'm just going to give you these five points. I'm just going to throw them at you really quick because we're going to pray in closer in just a minute. If you're wise, the first step is to trust and fear the Lord. Trust and fear Him. Two, if you're wise, you're going to hate sin and want to live a holy life. This is in your notes. Three, if you're wise, you'll be filled with assurance and confidence. If you're not confident in your walk with God, it's because you haven't asked Him for wisdom and you don't yet Fear Him. Fear Him. Because the opposite of confidence isn't arrogance. It's a false pride saying, I'm not good enough. You're good enough. For if you are wise, you will experience true peace, joy, riches, honor, and long life. When I say riches here, I'm not talking Lamborghini. The legacy you want to leave behind. Where are your riches at? You know, the Bible says, wherever your heart, there, there's your treasure. Where is that for you? And the last is this. If you lack it, ask it. Let me show you this last scripture here. And this is in James chapter one to five, if we can toss that up. Oh, you're way ahead of me. Awesome, I love it. Okay. If you don't like reading the Bible, can I just tell you you need to start because there's so much humor in the Word of God? Look at this. If any of you just happens to lack wisdom. You know? Everybody that's for everybody other than my teenagers, okay? That was a joke, and it was funny. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, what? With, Say it with me. Without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. Let's ask him for wisdom. Would you stand today? Let me just say this. Within the book of Hosea... We see a pattern, and this pattern happens over and over and over again. We see Gomer constantly run away from Hosea. And finally, finally, in chapter 14, you know, before it says, ask for wisdom, we see her go back to her husband. We see that happen. But she had this pattern of constantly being adulterer over and over and over again. She finally got it. She finally figured it out. Some of you here have patterns in your life. You know, what's the pattern that you see happening? You might have to ask somebody who can see it objectively, what's the pattern in the way you respond to a loving God? What's the pattern that happens to you with work? What's the pattern that you do in or out of church? What's the pattern you go, you know what? I'm stuck in this pattern, and until we ask for wisdom, God will not give it. He says he'll give it to us without fault. He won't find fault in us, but he'll give it to us. What pattern do we have that we know is not a godly pattern? Ask God for wisdom, and he will deal with it.